Hi, and welcome to Over 50 and Effin' Funny with comedians Jan McGinnis and Frank King. When our kids were young, father was a stay-at-home mom. And when I came home from work, she met me at the back door. She goes, is that she wants to tell us to be a murder scene come morning? <laughs> you keep those kids away from me tonight. <laughs> I did have the good sense not to ask what's for supper. Because <laughs> it's pretty obvious I'm going to have to cook supper. So when the kids got dressed, go to Pizza Hut. <laughs> But Maggie, who is three, is wearing her Easter dress, which is a light blue dress with white lace that she called the purple dress. Nobody knows what. Keith, who's five, is wearing Superman pajamas with cowboy boots and a pair of Superman underwear on the outside. Turn back. The first thing Maggie says is, Daddy, I've got a potty. I hate taking two toddlers to a public bathroom because, first of all, you have to hold your daughter over the toilet so she doesn't catch anything. <laughs> Every lady here knows about hovering. Don't act like you don't. <laughs> right? And with little girls, you got to angle them just right so they don't pee on your shoes. <laughs> and the same time, you have to watch the boy making sure he's touching stuff in his hands for me, right? When Maggie hikes up the purple dads, I know she's not wearing underpants. <laughs> Something I hope she's outgrown now that she's out of college. <laughs> so I'm thinking if somebody sees this, they're going to think I'm a purple. So I turn to the boy. He goes, but Dad, they contain my superpowers. Really? Well, so do mine, but mine are too big for them. When the waitress breaks our pizza, Maggie goes, you know, I'm wearing my brother's Superman panties. Before we uh, introduce Kent real quick, uh, we're at the um, ho- our weekly podcast, Over 50 and Effing Funny, and welcome here. We've got uh, comedian and keynote speaker Kent Rader with us today. Thank you, Kent. Yay. Yay. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, so we're just uh, 
talking about all the virtual shows and all the fun stuff that we're pivoting to. If I hear that word again, I'm going to throw up. I know. <laughs> or as Frank King says, if I hear we're all in this together one more time from a bank, I'm going to rob one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Kent, speaking of banks, I told Jen that I'm refinancing. We're refinancing our our home and uh, supposed to close on Thursday. And of course, you know, the, the, the fire is a mile and a quarter from our house right now. Right. Uh, fortunately, the national guard is there. They built some, you know, some fire lines and they're, you know, backfires and whatever. But, um, I called my mortgage broker and I said, listen, I just got kind of a, you know, a business etiquette question for you. Um, if the title company doesn't ask, do I have to tell them that it burned down? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got to burn after Thursday. It's got to yeah. burn, yeah. burn after Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Frank, only you, Frank, with the, uh, with the COVID and beginnings of your COVID. And oh, God. Endings of your COVID journey. Dear God, need a break. Yeah, I got um, I I got a call early on when I got home, and everybody thought I dragged the virus back to the northwest. The guy guy says to me, "You came back to this county to kill everybody." No, I've got a list, and you just made the VIP section. <laughs> Very Kent uh, Rader of me. Yeah. yeah. So That's Kent, funny. tell tell us about you. Tell us a little bit about you and your comedy, and we kind of just yeah. kind of freeform it here with you know a few stories. You've always got good stories, and. As you, as you both know, I was an accountant for 17 years, but and Jan will attest I'm not a very good accountant. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what that is not that is not true, because I know you worked in hospitals. Yeah, you yeah. worked in hospitals. You turned them around. They always told you, look, Ken, if you turn this hospital, this this unit around, then you can stay. Yeah, I every do. time you turned them around, they're like, um, well, yeah. we'd like you to stick around. And, yeah. They stuck me. I, I got fired uh, from one of those. Uh, the guy, I was supposed to be there five years. Every time you'll be there five years. And uh, I think I was 20 months into this stay and they called me into the district office and I said they were going to transfer me. And I said, no, man, this is worse than being in the military. My son was in the second grade and he was on his fourth school. I mean, that's how oh. bad. It and so I said, no, I'm not going to do it. And the guy goes, listen, can't we need you to turn hospitals around. When you get them turned around, we can put a monkey in there to do the thing. And, and I said, from what I can tell, it's pretty much what you've been doing. And he fired me like that. <laughs> so I had to move oh, man. Poof, you're a comedian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Many comedians get their starts by one line, that one yeah, line. One that line doesn't... Is funny. Actually, when I got home after that, I walked in, you know, it's like 10 minutes after I went to work. And I walked back into the house. Charlie goes, you forget something? I go, now nah, I got fired. And I told her and she laughed out loud. Neither one of us ever even thought about, oh, God, we, we don't have a job, you know, because she wasn't working at the time. So. Funny, <laughs> yeah. funny. O only a comedian would end up like that. But anyway, I did uh, financial programs. That's how I got started. And <clears throat> yeah, speaking and uh they were so boring. I started telling stories and then I wanted to get funnier. So I started doing open mic nights, you know, where? at, at uh, Oklahoma city was where I started. Joker, jokers. No, this is long after jokers, a uh, funny bone or um, looney bin, looney bin. Okay. Oklahoma city. Uh -huh. And you know, and by the, you guys know, by the time you get good enough to, to think you can do this, you're headlining. So it's like, you know, so I just kept, <laughs> Kept doing some stand-up. Jan and I started doing the Baby Boomer show in theaters together, and and uh, which was which has been great. And 
it's just been an interesting, interesting ride. Where did you and I meet? Did we work together somewhere? Mark LeBlanc introduced us. That's right. Because you, you had been, I think you were gone, but we first met, uh, we did an open mic in Seattle one night. Remember that? Uh, the no. club, the club up north. I can't even think of the name of the club. Not the one downtown, but the one up Giggles. There. Giggles. Then I went up there. Giggles, Looney Bin, Crazy Tunes. Yeah, <laughs> it's embarrassing to work some of these. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> I remember Rocky Laporte said something about it. If you put down all the names of places where we'd work on a resume, they'd think you were nuts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> where are you at this weekend? Idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We went up there. We did a set. <laughs> we did a set at that comedy club, and then I drove to Portland because I had a flight out the next morning. Oh uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but uh, you and that's where. Uh, that, but Mark LeBlanc had introduced us, and then uh, you introduced uh, Jan and me. So yeah. it's kind of a, that's kind of we've all gotten to know each other from somebody else. Well, and Mark introduced me to the dental market. He goes, "Look, Frank, I don't want to tell you how to run your life, but." Dentists have meetings, have money, and they got a big problem with suicide. I think you need to get involved in the dental market. And man, it was life changing. It was because yeah. uh, yeah, they do have meetings, they do have money, and they use outside speakers, and they need to hear what I have to say. So, wow, that's well, great. I would disagree. I think Mark does want to tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a root canal next week, guys. All right. So. <laughs> Nothing funny about the dental market, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the dental market. <laughs> oh, Lord, but yeah, Kent, you did. Uh, you did reverse what most people do. Uh, they yeah. they work them. Most of us are working our way away from comedy clubs. And uh, was it Frank when you got uh, came off the cruise ship and people were giving you a bunch of crap about uh, the COVID stuff? And they said, uh, "You'll." One guy said, "You'll never work comedy clubs again." <laughs> right. And I said, "Can I get that in writing?" <laughs> i tell you i i quit comedy clubs a thousand different times i mean oh I yeah probably like everybody i'd have a you know and uh and one night i my, in little rock at the looney bin i had a bad show and keith our son keith was freshman in college and he had came to see the show and we we're driving back to the hotel and i said i'm never doing this again and he said it you don't know how special it is you can make a bunch of strangers laugh and at that point, it was like, okay, I guess I'm hooked. So, yeah, and I, I got to tell you, people ask me if you ever quit comedy. I've quit a thousand times. Right. Just next morning, I got up and went back at it for a thousand and one. So. Right, right. I, I remember sitting in the improv watching the after I did my set, watching the headliner and thinking I got I'm having a beer, thinking I got the best job on the planet, you know. But you got to remember those moments because there's a lot of crap right. in between. You know, I had a friend of mine once say, well, Jan, I never see you have a bad show. I'm like, you haven't followed me for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, you always do well. No, you just happen to come out at the nights you see good, you know, when it, when you get that bug again, you know? Yeah. Michael Winslow, I, I always, I opened for Michael Winslow a lot. And uh, the last time I opened with, it was in Cincinnati Comedy Club. And he, uh, the la- next to the last night, he goes, you never have a bad show. No, it's just, you've got a great audience. I mean, <laughs> they like yeah. my, my stuff, you know, I mean, I have plenty of bad shows. So, but well, it never was the bad show that would drive me nuts. It's the dealing with the book, the, the club owner and the, Oh that God. That um, would make me nuts. Cause I'd say, why can't you just like Mark Ridley at comedy castle has a right. He has a one right. week or two weeks, whatever a year. This is when I'm booking. Call me then. Right. 
I mean, I've called, there's been some club owners and bookers call me every Thursday. I take calls every Thursday. They'll tell me that. I want to book one to one. I, to one I called for two years straight for every Thursday night, every Thursday night, two years straight. And he saw me, he liked me. He told, and you know, it's like, just book me. What the hell? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Danny Martinez down in great comic and then owned a comedy showcase down in Houston. First yeah. guy to feature me, first guy to headline me, love me, but he had that, you know, you need to call between one and one Oh nine on the second Thursday of the month. And I did every month and you still couldn't get in. The guy loved me and you still couldn't get back in. You know, I mean, it's just, it was, it's just, that was the stuff that frustrated me. Yeah. I played the guy- there. Go ahead. Oh, uh, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, I played there, and Ralphie May, who was from there, did a guest set the first three nights. And I finally said to Danny, uh, Danny, you know, at some point, he's no longer a guest. He's family. (laughs) (laughs) He's moved in. (laughs) Yeah, and and Lord Karat wouldn't work. Lord Karat was working the club, and Ralphie's doing these guest sets. And Ralphie was famous for stealing jokes. I'd never caught him, but other people said he was. And so Lord Crest says, listen, that guy's got to leave the room. I'm not going to wow. do my set in front of him. Danny goes, it's not your club. And Lord said, well, cut me a check for the two nights I did, and I'll see you. And and he flew home to L.A. Did he? What, really? Yeah, wasn't going to work with Ralphie in the same room, yeah. Wow, wow. Well, the, the Portland Comedy Club, uh, what was the name of that? Uh, Harvey's? Harvey's, great club. Uh, but he had a great thing to get in. You could be recommended by somebody, but if you bomb, that person, that other person recommended you never works it either. Oh, and, uh, yeah. yeah. I had yeah. a magician, great Scott. A lot of them are named great. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> he was really good friends with the guy. And he was like, Jan, please do it. Please. I, he wanted a two person show. He had a long bird issue story. <laughs> you <laughs> got <it now. laughs> it's, it's a funny as hell story. Um, but he's, he, so he does a two person show and someone comes out and does a, he comes out and does thir- like 30 minutes and I come out and do like 30, 40 minutes and he'd come back out because he had to, you know, stuff birds in his jacket. And so, uh, <laughs> not a problem comedians have, but he pleased Jen. He just loved working with me. I was clean. You know, he knew what he was getting. I said, I, I'm not going to put you on your, your career on the line. And if I have a bad show and you don't get booked. And he said, he's a personal friend. I swear it won't happen. And you want to have a bad show. And, and the room was great. I mean, I didn't have, I finally did it after he bugged me long enough and I had a great show and it was fine, but that's a lot of pressure, but it also makes a comic stop and think, okay, I'm not just going to recommend anyone, you know? Yeah. Uh, Kent. Yes. You and I share a uh, mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, as, as, um, What's his name? Uh, Mike McDonald out of Canada, now deceased, used to say there's two kind of comics, diagnosed and undiagnosed. Uh, I know you live with OCD, and I, I love the story of how you figured it out because you were listening to a talk radio show, and they have like a list. Okay, we have list of top ten things. You know, check each one if you have this. Because prior to that, the only diagnosis you'd ever had was from your grandfather, and I'll clean this up, who said that boy is screwed in the head. Uh, <laughs> So you're listening to radio and they give this 10, 10 things, you know, you may have OCD and you're in a car going, check, check, yeah. check. Yeah. That's how I found out. I mean, you got, cause you, you, I don't know. I was really good at hiding it, you know, cleaning your hands with hand sanitizer. Nobody ever saw me do that because I could hide it. 
And you were ahead of the curve on this whole COVID. Yeah, I was way ahead. I told Twyla the last flight we took, every, I had uh, disinfectant wipes. Jane can attest to this. I yeah. cleaned the tray table with a disinfectant wipe, and the lady next to me asked for one, and I gave her one. Then I pulled my hand sanitizer out and started cleaning my hands. She goes, boy, you come prepared. And I go, yeah. It, nobody talks about the positive aspects of OCD. You know, I mean, <laughs> I got off the flight with Twyla, and I got off the plane, and I said, I don't look so crazy now, do I? You know, because everybody was doing it at that point. So, but. Well. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, on that, my my favorite. My, go ahead. I became really good at hiding it, but at that point, uh, we went and after that, we went and saw the movie As Good as It Gets with uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And Twilight's, Twilight, we just she just about split a gut because everything he was doing up there was stuff I did, and she goes, "Look how funny that is." And the minute I started doing it in the comedy, uh, it took a lot of the control away from me. I mean, it doesn't control me as much as it used to. So, well, two things. One, you let me spend the night at your house one night, and you were gone, <laughs> and all the shoes in your closet were pointed north. I think. Yeah, they all go it's, north. What are you yeah, doing so in the closet? Well, I looked in the closet; they're all facing north. And so, what I did was I turned every other pair south. Yeah. And I get a call from him again, and he goes, "You sob! I can't <laughs> believe you did that to my shoes." Uh, but my favorite story is, you know, the one about your son when they're talking about the oxygen mask. Oh, <laughs> that's my favorite Kent Raider story. I have retold that to people. Yeah. My buddy Kent Raider's got the OCD and is flying with his son's like eight years old. And they, you know, put your yeah. mask on first. If you're traveling with a child and you're, and your son looked up at you and said, well, I, I said, what I said to him was, uh, um, you're going to, you're, you're, it's a good time for you to learn independence. I mean, I'm not helping you with that mask. You'll have to do it on your own. He said, that's for sure. You're way, you'll be way too busy cleaning your own. <laughs> While I pass out. Yeah. Oh man. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. I was on a flight. I was on a flight a couple of years ago, but Jan and I were having a show. Yeah, I was out tell you, that's a funny story. Tell it. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, we were on a, this late flight and I was supposed to be there the night before and my flight got canceled. So I'm on this 6am flight and I sit down next to this kid and the, and I go to sleep and the, Flight attendant wakes me up because she's giving the kid the, the the whole oxygen mask thing. And she goes, now put your mask on first before you help him. And I turn to the kid and I go, you know, you're on your own, right? And, <laughs> and the kid let, died laughing, but the lady jumped all over me. She goes, this is serious. I go, you know, lady, my granddad quit school at the age of 11 to go to work 12 hours a day, six days a week to support his family. I think this young man can figure out his oxygen mask. And if he can't, <laughs> wouldn't America be better off without him? Oh, no. <laughs> and she gets away and walks away. And the kid thanked me. And I go, you know, man, you got to learn to lie. You know, when they ask you your age, tell them you're 16. Don't tell them you're 14. <laughs> He's like, but I'm not. You're like, lie. <laughs> yeah, I said, you got to learn to lie. And Charlie goes, you taught a 14-year-old to lie. And I go, you know, I just gave him permission. I, I think you probably knew how to lie. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, man. Funny. Uh, yeah, the, the OCD, the, the stuff about the OCD, I love. And, you know, now I've moved it up to the front when I open because of the COVID stuff. It is so pertinent to the COVID stuff. Oh, yeah. And talk about, you know, you guys are just kidding. I washed my hands before it became fashionable, you know. Half of America was like, wash your hands. I took a shower Thursday, you know what I mean? They're just, it, it amazes me. You could have opened yeah. your trunk and sold the hand sanitizer when they were low. <laughs> no, the funny thing was they were low. Yeah. And we went six, uh, five months 
and never had to buy a bottle of hand sanitizer for all the stuff I had laying around the house. <laughs> you know, they, they had the story about the guy from who bought all the Amazon hand sanitizer and then got in trouble. Like they're they're gonna go find Kent and go. What would you? Are you hoarding? You trying to? No, this is my supply. My supply. Yeah. <laughs> so Kent, when when did you make the jump from? I know when Jan made the jump from comedy clubs to corporate. Um, but when did you make the jump from comedy clubs to corporate comedy? Corporate first, then comedy. Yeah, I did the corporate from day one. So I'd been doing it for oh. twenty two years, and then I, I I'd been doing it about two and a half years when I started doing comedy. So yeah, I've okay. been, been speaking from day pretty much day one. Yeah, and people thought oh. you were kind of crazy going into the clubs because the money and the travel and the yeah. Well, what do you leave the corporate years. stuff for? You know, but you yeah, were, I was thirty nine years old when I started. You know, I mean, I wasn't twenty two like everybody else, and and so yeah, I stuck out like a sore thumb. And right. plus, he wouldn't stay in the comedy condos. No. <laughs> Oh God! Oh Lord! I had a sleeping bag. I carried a sleeping bag with me to climb into it, and I, uh, I don't, I don't know. Frank stayed in a few. Kent, you never stayed in one. I never stayed in one. Oh, I was going to stay in the one at the Comedy Caravan in Louisville because I was headlining. And, I did that. And we just had all I would do is have an opener, and so there was no middle, so it was just me and the opener. And he was from Louisville, so I had the condo to myself. So I got all prepared because Jan had told me about the sleeping bag. You know, get your own sleeping bag, take your Lysol and everything. So I had everything in the car and I pulled up in front of this comedy condo and it looked like it looked like the ghetto of I mean, it was horrible looking. And so I called Twyla that night. She said, where are you? And I said, I'm at the Marriott. And she I, can I can I use one swear word? I don't care. I don't care. I called Twyla and I said, I met the Marriott. And she goes, you're a pussy. I go, yeah, but I'm not getting scabies tonight. I can tell you that. <laughs> so, yeah, we got, we got put up at the town's called Michigan City. It's right next to South Bend. Right. It was a, yeah, and it was a comedy gig, corporate gig, actually. And they didn't have any hotel room in South Bend because it was a, um, because it was a Notre Dame football week. And so they put me up in Michigan City at the Dollar Inn, overpriced, by the way. And <laughs> I, I walk in and I go, um, listen, I need a room. I got a reservation for the night. And the guy goes, the whole night? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, just long enough, long enough to catch monkey pox. And then I'm out of here. <laughs> and I hit the red roof. I'm not going to. But I did stay in a lot of comedy condos. I always wanted to get a black light. I would not. I stayed oh, in one but, in Florida where the, there was a, in the room I was in, thank God it was Florida, but there was a hole punched in the wall as you lay on the bed all the way through the wall out to the outside. Um, you can see the outside because apparently someone had a bad set the night, the next, week before. Yeah. And uh, they, you know, I'm laying there going, okay, well, it's Florida and it's, you know, September, so I'm good. But <laughs> yeah, when did I win? Wendy and I stayed in a lot of comedy condos, and uh, there's one in Columbia, South Carolina. It was a punchline, and it was the the there was a tiny little room between the headliner and features room with a, like a mattress on the floor. And so Wendy and I are in there. You know, we just gotten married. You know, and uh, <laughs> so so one of the comics goes, "Yeah, I can tell you're an MC." And I go, "Hi, how, how can you tell?" Well, when you got done doing it, I heard you go, "Thank you very much. That's my time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. I, I i did a some in parsons kansas and they had an old hotel there and it was a it was a comedy show and they had an old hotel 
called the Parsonian. And I walked into that lobby of that Parsonian hotel and there was a drug deal going down. Oh my God. Yeah. So I called home and I said, I'm coming home. It's a five hour drive. I'm coming home though, even though it's midnight because I can't stay in this place. Okay. So I drove all the way home. Uh, it was a comedy club. Uh, just speaking of hotel names, because that's funny. Pars- Parsonian. They didn't really, you know, work hard on that name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was a, a, a nags head uh when you did that um uh, anita fletcher's room yeah gig they, it was at a hotel and it was the ramada but then the r fell off and they didn't want to replace it so they made it the armada because <laughs> 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 it cost 20 bucks to tape the r back up or something yeah uh, was just crazy. We had a Waffle House here, and when Maggie was in college, the W, the light of the W, went out. So it's now it's the Awful House. Wow. <laughs> Maggie said, "You know, finally they're telling the truth." So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a the accommodation. Sometimes, sometimes are good. Uh, much better in the corporate than the. Uh, oh God. Clubs, you know, just because the clubs. I mean, a lot of some of them had nice hotels, and some had uh, you know. The condos were just used, and when you have three different people every single week, and uh, you know it's cleaned by the waitress, she does a cleaning job that just screams, "I don't want to spend my Saturday cleaning." Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you end up with a you know sleeping bag room. I, I, I used to work the old Tulsa Comedy Club. I was featuring, and I would stay in a hotel. But um, one weekend, one weekend around Christmas, so it's cold. Um, the Headliner went to the condo and there were no lights. So he walked around with his cell phone. This is and to get have light at night. The next night there was no heat. So now he's got no lights and no heat. And the third the after the third day, he goes, What how much are you paying down at the hotel? And I said, I don't know. You know it, was a, it was a Hilton, it was right next door, but I was using points. And so we went in and I said to the guy, what could you, you know, he's working. And they gave him a $25 a night room at the, wow. you know, Not- and he was so appreciative of it. But I, I thought who in the right mind would live two nights like that? No light, no heat, but common yeah. for it. So I did a, a comedy club and there's new owners up in Sacramento and I'd worked before, but the new owner thought it used to be a house, but then he, he decided it would be a, a, a uh, apartment right next to the comedy club, which sounds good, except he decided that uh, it would be a one bedroom and, what? Me, and me and another comedian and a guy, it's the only time I've ever pulled the woman card. And we got in there, looked around and we said, all right, he goes, here's what we're going to do. He goes, this is awful. Like I would have to sleep on the couch and he gets the bedroom. Cause he was a headliner. And I said, well, here's the deal. I said, uh, I go to bed right away after the show and I get up early. And he said, I stay up till 3 AM. And I, he said, so, you know, this isn't going to work. So he said, you go in and say how much you can't do this because you're a woman. And I'll go in and tell him my wife won't let me sleep in a one bedroom condo (laughs) (laughs) with a woman comic. It's the only time I've ever pulled the woman card. And uh, I said, great. And so he said, the club owner, you know, listened to us and he said, we'll stay there tonight and I'll get Jan a hotel room. And so he took the living room, which was because he stays up till three in the morning. I took the bedroom, but you know, six in the morning, I'm up ready to go do something. And he's out sleeping in the living room. It's like, okay, I'm either in the bedroom or I'm going to go out for a couple hours. So it was just crazy. It's like, we're not, you know, just warehouse and then pull us out at six o'clock for the show. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. You know, we gotta have, I mean, that works on your mental health too. If you've been in a crappy, depressing drug place and then, Hey, yeah. I'm going to be funny. You know, <laughs> I, my I fun J- Jan and I, we did, a, we did shows down in, uh, oh. Florida. <laughs> and Jan's going in a night before the, me oh. and uh, she said, well, it's a winter Haven suites. It looks okay online. <laughs> and oh, I pull up and Jan is on a park bench out underneath like a canopy. It's pouring rain. And I said, what are you doing out here? And she goes, I can't take one more minute in that room. <laughs> and she's sitting outside in the rain because she can't stay in the room. <laughs> I almost missed the sh- I almost got late to the show, too, because I needed a hairdryer. <laughs> I, I, I know. Not that I wanted to touch the hairdryer, but I went into the, and the, the, the hairdryer was in room 708 being used. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. <laughs> yeah, they had one hairdryer. In the whole so, freaking thing. We moved, didn't we? Or the next time down there, we... The we next just time down there, I just asked for the money. I said, give us the money, whatever you're paying at the... Like $10, $11, whatever it is. Yeah, if it's... Yeah. And he get, well, it was like 80 bucks, and we stayed at the Hampton Inn, which was right next to the theater. We could walk over there. I mean, it was it was great. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know what I it was. Sh- yeah, I was staying at a, did a club in Florida called The Comic Strip. There was one in New York and uh, sister club and they put us up in something called the berkeley hotel and i i'm lying in bed that first night and something's eating me something's biting on me so I, I i actually get some sleep and then the next night i changed beds which is a big mistake because the the crabs in the first bed were probably full and the crabs in the second bed hadn't eaten in a while so i get so i called down the front desk i go i think you're Lennon gave me crabs, and the guy goes, if you will purchase the crab shampoo and bring me the receipt, which means he wasn't surprised. This has obviously happened before. I go, yeah, but who's going to stand with me while I'm in the shower for 20 minutes naked waiting for the stuff to work? And how do you explain to your wife, you know, honey, I brought you something back from Florida. It's not on the luggage carousel. Uh, Oh, man. And there were hookers in the room next to me. That's what was happening. Oh, there's these scantily clad women going back and forth in high heels, and I can see out of my – there's a window right by the door, and I put my desk there, and they're waving and smiling at me. I'm like, oh, I'm better looking than I thought I was. <laughs> but then the cops show up and drag them out. So, uh, yeah, oh, God. Uh, yeah. One one in Richmond, there was uh, – I mean, uh, Roanoke, uh, the comedy club, and right – the comedy condo was half of a townhouse. You know, townhouse is pretty small anyway. It right. would split it in half somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I think they did the staircase in half. I mean, everything. And uh, you were right next to the fire department. Yes. Roanoke. And it was not a good area. And all night long. Long. One of the first times I ever drove home. after. It was only a couple hours from home. At the time, I drove home after the show. Last show, I was like, I can't get any sleep in this thing, you know? Yeah, we stayed there. Uh, Jimmy Butler, who owned the Roanoke Comedy Club, there's something that happened in the house, and it had been rebuilt by that couple that were on Green Acres, you know, the two, the guy and the woman. Because <laughs> yeah. there was not there was not a right angle or a, yeah. a level piece. I mean, if you put a marble at the front door of that apartment, and roll all the way to the back door. <laughs> it was hot, and, and, and it was next to It was narrow. It was just narrow. It was like a... yeah. It's like a couch, and then right in front of you is the wall. Like they physically put up yep. some drywall to split it. And you know, <laughs> dear God, what, what was that? What was that place where you and I did the outdoor show? They were going to build a theater in Virginia. Oh yeah, down in uh, yeah, that was nice. Uh, oh God, no. <laughs> the, yeah. the the theater was fun, but holy crap, they had us in bed and breakfast. 
bed and breakfast. They put us in a bed and breakfast. And Jan was going to be there on Friday night. The show was Saturday night. And so I was coming in on Saturday. So she got the she she got one room, room yeah. but, uh, for two nights. So you had it the first night and then I was going to have it the second night because you were going back to, to Ridgeford. Yeah. To your yeah. Forge, 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 something Valley Forge or something like that. Something like that. And so I get in there and they they wouldn't they didn't change the linen. It was just like they put new linen in there. And I'm thinking, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change the linen. So I slept in my clothes on top of this, <laughs> on top of where Dan had slept. But the funny one was that you said, Oh, there's a bar in town, you can get something to eat after the show. So I go to the bar and they're closing. And so the one of the patrons in the bar, he and his wife are going out to the interstate to the waffle place to get something to eat. And you want to go with us? And I'm going, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. So I went, <laughs> I went to a pizza hut, which was the only place that you could buy a beer. And I ordered pizza and, and a couple of beers. And the, these four high, these four college kids come in, four college boys, and they order like a order of breadsticks between the four of them. Cause that's all the money they had. <laughs> and I had all these leftover pizzas. So I took it over to them and they'd been talking. They had a curfew of midnight and they go, oh. What are you doing tonight? And I go, well, I, I don't have to be in by midnight. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly, you want to stay out all night because of the accommodation. Yeah. We were laughing because we're like, what's so romantic about a bed and breakfast? You know? The bathroom <laughs> is down the hall. You didn't yeah, even know you were The bathroom's down the hall. I mean, there's nothing. A lot of people do. We're not. And we did the other one was in uh, North Carolina. We did bed and breakfast. Yeah. Remember? And Kent put the foot his foot down. The guy's like, well, now I will have... Um, uh, pastries in the morning at eight. Cats <laughs> like I'm not going. <laughs> yeah. I at least said I'll I'll, I'll be there. Okay, yes, you yes. didn't show up for any yeah, of the yeah, meals. Yeah. It's like you had an appointment. You know, it's like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had a, li- a list, and here's when we're going to eat, and here's no. <laughs> yeah, you went to what was the the town that Mayberry was? Yeah, uh, Mayberry RFD was filmed uh, was, uh yeah. modeled after Mount Airy. Yeah, May, Mount Airy. Yeah, yeah North Mount Carolina. Yeah, oh, that's right. You're from North Carolina, Frank. So, uh, yeah, there was a there's a uh, wineries down there now. I went to some wineries that day, and uh, there but you was took a, the bus from the from the bed and breakfast, didn't you? Weren't they the ones that took you? No, I did not end up going with that because uh, I just oh, drove yeah. myself. Because uh, uh, first of all, there's nothing to hit. So, like, if I drink wine, it was okay. But <laughs> second. Yeah. Uh, uh, they were going to be gone like eight hours. I'm like, you know, I I just want to go pop in one or two and see what it's about. I don't want to wine taste and then get on stage. So yeah, um, yeah, but lots of the accommodations are quite the quite varied. Yeah, you know? yeah. And well, Frank didn't Wendy didn't Wendy have a a pull a gun on somebody at one time? At, yeah, we were down at the Improv in. Uh, uh, there are two improvs in Dallas area. One was in Dallas. One was in uh, somewhere south of Dallas. Uh, anyway, she's. I went to the show. She's on the couch in the living room, and there were keys for, for these condos floating around all over the place. Michael Floorwax from Denver comes through town, figuring, you know, I got a key to the condo. I'll um, Addison. It was Addison, Texas. I'll just see if anybody, you know, like a spare bed in the condo. So when Wendy would watch television at night in a strange place where keys were floating around, she always took her nickel plate of Ruger 38 and slipped it under the pillow next to her. So she hears somebody rattling a key in the door, and Michael Florex walks in, turns the corner, and he's staring down the barrel. <laughs> She's got the hammer back, and he about pooped his pants. Don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot. Oh, my but, God. And what we would do is um, we both carried – 
because we stayed like you know you guys though we stayed in those cheesy places where you know in the ghetto areas and um yeah the punchline in atlanta the headliner apparently before me uh was selling or buying drugs so some guy stuck his head in the window there's no screen middle of the night i see his head in the window and so i pulled out my my pistol and i put it underneath his chin and i said yes <laughs> but we would go to a gun range about once a week just to practice and whatever the best target was it had the bad guy on there with a gun like this yeah. whatever target had the tightest pattern if we're in a three-bedroom condo we would pin that target push pin it to our door on in the condo so if you broke in you're walking down the hall there's blank door blank door and then there's a door with a target on it with a really tight pattern and now which room which room are you going to go in uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Oh, Lord. Yeah, oh, we, Lord. Yeah, you, you guys know some of those condos, the keys are floating around. They're in a bad area. The, we got banned from the last laugh in Portland. It was a comp, it was Harvey's competition because again, keys floating around cocktail waitress cleaning the condo. So we did our week. We left on Sunday morning and then I got a call from the booker on Tuesday when the new comics got there, she goes, you're fired from the last lap there's like half a dozen of them at the time i go why am i fired she goes because you and wendy smoked in the condo and trashed the place have you yeah have you ever heard my name wendy's name with in the sense with the word trashed and smoked i mean <laughs> what had happened is some of the staff had got in there and partied over the weekend uh -huh. after we left yeah and i said but uh you know that she was not to be mollified the condo she was really upset Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. She was, um, she was upset because her husband, Joe had been sleeping with one of the cocktail waitresses in the condo. And so when you worked that club as a guy, you could not speak to the cocktail staff. Ooh. She was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it was his rule. If he wasn't going to get any, all the guys there were not going to get any. So, <laughs> Well, that, that uh, Portland one just reminded me of the Harvey's, uh, they had a nice condo, uh, but I remember um, Colin, is, this is, you know, 15 years ago when there was no Uber, calling for a, uh, a Saturday before my show to set up a cab for the next morning to go to the airport. I had to call three cab companies because they'd been stiff so much. They were on the, that phone in the condo because there was no cell phones, you know, you used the condo phone. Yeah. That number had been banned, but everyone, I finally got a cab company. If they uh, begging and I said, here's my credit card, you know, charge it double. If I don't show up, I swear, uh, I swear to you, <laughs> I'll pay. And uh, they had been stiff so bad. I was really wondering how am I going to get, am I going to wa start walking out? Yeah. That condo was in kind of a bad area as well. You had to step over the crack addicts to get to the club. That I like, yeah, yeah that's what I remember there being homeless people all around that club. Yeah. And in it, Seattle, same thing. There was one in Pioneer Square. Yeah. And I got to the club at night. I go, um, Pioneer Square. Is it my imagination, or aren't most of the pioneers drunk and unemployed? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the how I got into that room was uh, I had been trying. John Fox out of San Francisco was yeah. and uh, I'd been trying for a year, and so I'm. Twyla has an aunt in Puyallup, uh, Washington. So we were going out to see her, and I kept saying. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be out there. The morning we're flying out, I get a call from John Fox. And he goes, do you have a car when you get here to 
Washington. I said, yeah. And he goes, okay, you can feature, but you have to drive the headliner everywhere. And I told Twyla, I got the feature spot, not because I'm good. I just got the feature spot because I need a car. The bar is low. <laughs> yeah, the bar is pretty low. We did a, we, remember you do a one night uh, on Wednesday before the week at that club in Seattle? Yeah, uh, where was that? Uh, was it Bonnie Lake? Or yeah, I remember that. It was out to the it was, Yeah, it was a, it was a one-nighter tied to that gig. Yeah, and it, I I was featuring, and just as the MC finished, they brought out steak dinners for everybody in the room. I guess it was a like a show and a dinner, and so my whole set, everybody's eating. <laughs> it, was just, yeah, it was just horrible. Yeah, competing, competing with steak. the entrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, can't laugh with their mouthful. Well, on the hotel front, every now and then, if I'm like at the Phoenician in Phoenix, where it's five star, you know, and they got the bathrobes and the slippers and all that stuff. Before I put my bags in the room, I just open the door of the room, make sure it's well lit, take a photograph of my iPhone, and I put it up online. I go, hey, listen, if you're at my generation, you know, in your mid 50s to mid 60s, and you're still doing comedy clubs, you may be doing it wrong. Yeah. Because there are people out there our age still doing, you know. Well, I didn't like doing- it, you know. I, if you like it, that's great. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, you know, some, a lot of comics that that's what they, that's their thing. And I say, if that's your thing, enjoy it. I wouldn't, uh, it's not, I'm happy that I moved, um, and did more corporate and that just because I, I, for me, it's, I don't want the late nights anymore. I mean, it was, you know, I don't want to get on stage at one in the morning, Friday night to do the close the third show out and everyone's drunk. I'm tired of that. I want to, I want to be home. <laughs> And really, the yeah. will get me than anything else. The um, yeah, the, the condos for sure, but uh, late nights and the you know the crowds are more our style. We're in our over yeah. fifty. The more yeah, style, oh, yeah. You know, the, I mean, I had someone say, "How can you be funny at breakfast?" I said, "I can be very funny at breakfast." Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. I don't need. I don't want the alcohol. I don't want people to be drinking when I'm doing my show. I, I I'm on my way home by eleven a.m. That's great. You know, yeah. I get emails from Doby Maxwell or Facebook posts from Doby Maxwell, and he has this thing called the Maxwell Method of Comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah what does, that, does that mean you get a day job and you work beer bars? I mean, what exactly <laughs> is the. Doby's <laughs> coming after you for that comment, Frank. You know, Frank oh, man. is filtered these days. Frank is fun. He's, uh, yeah. He's, uh, you're. Well, and Doby, by the way, is fun. There was a big guy, huge. Morbidly obese, Booker in wherever it is, Dobie lives, Chicago, wherever it is. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. <laughs> and the guy had a massive heart attack, goes to the hospital. Of course, all the other comics in town are sucking up to him, sending him flowers, bringing him stuff, you know, can anything we do for you? And uh, Dobie sent him a pizza from Domino's, and he, he met the guy outside. And he said, look, let me see the pizza. And so he opened the thing and he put a piece of paper on, I think it was a piece of paper on top of the pizza. And um, and then the guy walks in and Dobie opens the pizza. And the, what the it says on the page is, I hope you die, you fat bastard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love oh, that. Story. Yeah. Oh, we, God. We could talk about it. Yeah. Adobe uh, booked a room in Kenosha, which is still there, but he doesn't book it anymore. But I worked it with him, and he he told me that story. But uh, 
he said that when he got to Chicago, everybody in Chicago had already heard that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so the club owners are like, I don't know if I can hire you, Dolby. It's like, it's still <laughs> worth it. <laughs> oh, man. Brilliant. That is brilliant. Pick your bridges, I, burn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Tulsa Comedy Club had a guy, well, I can't think of his name, Jeff, Jeff, I think, uh, that booked it. And he was horrible. He was just awful to deal with. And the story was that he died of a heart attack. And uh, the story was that somebody called to ask for Jeff because he needed a booking. And they said, oh, Jeff died. We just buried him today. And 10 minutes later, the guy calls back and says, is Jeff there? And she goes, I told you he's dead. He goes, I know. I just love hearing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that one. And then the one with Tom Sobel, used to book one-nighters on him, he still does. And Brad Greenberg, Comedy Zone booker, decades ago. They're walking down the street, and they see a beautiful woman. And Sobel looks at the woman, he goes, man, I'd like to screw that. And Brad Greenberg goes, yeah, out of what? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> oh man that's and, that's a good the good old days uh, tom did so much cocaine that i don't know i think it's the, yeah, left side the, of the carburetor yeah yeah the big yeah. hole in his nose big old hole in really? his nose yeah. I, and, I, I've roomed at a thing with a guy who did i walk every day i'd go to the gym i'd come home and, and the other comic is cloud of pot just a wall when I walk in the house and finally I said, man, it, you know, you smoke a lot of pot. <laughs> and he goes, I got myself off a crack. By said, all right. Smoke all the pot you want. That didn't well, you know, but Holy crap. It was a lot. I didn't, I yeah. missed a lot of drug stuff. You probably were around with the drugs. I didn't see a whole lot of drug. Oh yeah. Stuff. When I was starting, they would, um, at the end of the week, they'd offer to pay in green or white. Oh, yeah. And guys like John Fox, the comic, uh, great stage presence, horrible. I mean, the material was, but he sold it. Anyway, he would get an advance in white. <laughs> By the end of the week, with, between his bar bill and his advance on a Coke, he'd owe the club money. Uh, but that was back in the day. I was working with a kid who sat on the MC, sat on the couch all day long, smoked dope, watched the golf channel. And he looks at me and goes, I'm looking for an easier job. I said, dude, <laughs> you're working 15 minutes a night. You spend your days sitting on a couch, smoking weed and watching the golf channel. Stop looking. You're there. <laughs> you can make this job as easy or as hard as you want. You know? Yeah, good <laughs> Lord. Oh, yeah. God. But Mary, Marion Kelly once said that she, she was doing an interview and someone asked her what doing clubs was like. And she said, it's like being in an abusive relationship. She said an hour a day is pretty good. And then 23 hours a day, you want to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, Marion. Uh, yeah, she had the best opening joke I've ever heard on this night show. She comes out and she's just a plus size gal. And she looks at the audience. She goes, I had a great day. I bought something at a petite store. And you can hear the audience <gasps> suck in their breath. And she goes, I got these earrings. What do you think? Yes. And it just explodes. It was just the best opening. And, know, it's a, and the tagline is, but I had to lay down on the bed to get them on. I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, and she, she went to get her driver's license. And uh, she loves that. She says, I love that because you can pick your own hair color and you get to write down your weight. And so the woman behind the counter looks at me and goes, 115 pounds? And she goes, it's my $35, bitch. Write it down. <laughs> That's good. Oh, God. She, yeah, she is. Was, yeah, she was a, she's be, a hoot. It would be fun to compile. Uh, I guess somebody probably has. It's called stealing. But compile the best jokes of every comedian. I mean, everyone has just, even if you're the worst comic on the planet, you got something, you, you got something good, you know? Yeah. You, remember, oh, yeah. you, you would see somebody and they would have one joke for That's their 30-minute set that was good. And you would yeah. think, how did you come up with that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Like, who wrote that? Who would you steal it from? You know, yeah. Or how would you come up with that angle? Yeah, because the rest yeah. of your act is crap. But. Yeah, your rest of your act is so bad, but that one joke is just beautiful. So. Well, here's my favorite. Open micers, same thing with open micers. You know, you, they just kind of drone on. You're in the back because you know you're going to go on later after they get done. And you're just kind of you know, half asleep. And then the guy goes, yeah, I just moved to a new apartment. And uh, I was down at the laundry. And the guy comes up and he goes, hey, did you just move in? I go, yeah. He goes, you in 201? Uh, I'm in 202. He goes, oh, yeah, you must be Robert, Robert, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all he had. That was the one joke that made yeah. my head snap around. I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah. Build on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Build on that. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, oh, God. Sent, uh, to uh, comedians or anything you want to let people know in your journey? You've been doing this 20-something years? Uh, I, I, as far as like a website or... No, well, yeah, so, website will give you a plug, but any advice for up-and-coming comedians or people? That oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I, the, the one thing that I, I really, and I think probably all three of us have, have experienced it, is that um, work clean, because I don't think you really find what is funny if, unless you do. And, I mean, you can, like, you can dirty it up if you want to later, but I really advise people to work clean because that's how you find what is truly funny. It really forces you to find what is funny. So that's my biggest advice. Yeah. I'm good. I, I'd say, yeah, if you cuss normally and that's the way you write clean, write clean, get it down. Yeah. And then if say it the way you say it, you won't work the venues we do, but right. you'll at least you'll have an act and it won't be just, you know, a right. cuss word for a punchline, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. I tell my comedy coaches, look, here's the deal. Don't have one F bomb in your act because what's right. going to happen is it's, it's not going to get you a job it will keep you from getting a job. So if you wanted to use the F-bomb, be that guy. I mean, just drop them like they're, you know, like flies, oh, yeah. just bang. Right. Be Robert Schimmel, where it's just filthy. And, you know, you can't do corporate. You can do cable. You can do some other things. But, yeah, I just either either all in or, you know, because right. the bookers are looking for, not like for a reason to book you. They're looking for the first reason not to. You drop the F-bomb. Right. I worked with a guy when I started out in uh, open mics. Uh, nice guy, I can't think of his name. He, um, anyway, he he killed at these one nighters. I always did okay or bad because they wanted dirtier. They're drunker. He killed, killed, killed. Always, you know, a dirtier act. Years later, I, I ran into him in Vegas, and he said, "Jan, I see your name up on the lights in Vegas, and you know, it's doing the Excalibur." He said. I swore when I started out, I wasn't going to do any pot jokes. I now have 60 minutes of pot jokes. I can't. <laughs> yeah. 
because right. he pandered. He went, all right, I'm going to do these pot jokes and get through this, these gigs and these bar gigs. And I thought, nah, I'm not going to do, I'm going to work till I don't have to do these bar gigs and take my lumps here and move on. And, you know, it's, it's true. It's if you go, you know, it's whatever you're focusing on, you're going to head that down that path. And right. it's the path you want to be focusing on, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah, if you got thinking jokes, you're going to do poorly. In. <laughs> yeah, I ain't got any of them thinking jokes. Some advice I got from a bar gig once, and I did, and it didn't work. So, <laughs> you know, it, it feels like when you're having a bad show like that, and everyone hates you, we've all had one or two of those, and they're staring, it feels like forever. Yeah. Like you are there for, and that, that was 20 years ago. And it's like, boo, time went by fast. Yeah. <laughs> You know, oh yeah. In the moment you feel like it's just, and you got to stay up there cause they won't pay you if you yeah. get out in 29 minutes or 44 minutes or something. So yeah. you stand there. There's a, there's a friend of mine once said when he was having a show like that, he goes, you guys are looking at me like a dork. I'm looking at you like a car payment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. I stay, I remember doing one once staring at the window, looking at my car cause I was going to leave after the show and staring over the, people staring at me and over the pool players because they're all playing pool behind them and then you know looking at my car and did my whole act to my car <laughs> yeah. I didn't love either but it got me out of there so well good well we have kent raider here uh you catch kent is it kent raider speaks.com it is yeah com. still haven't moved that <laughs> uh moving the rest of your body i know but uh kent raider speaks.com uh check him out very funny does uh, corporate uh and uh you still do a few clubs, yeah. And, uh, I do. I do about five weeks a year, and but there are clubs I want to do. You know, I don't, yeah, yeah. You know, go anywhere I don't want to go. So yeah, uh, check them out. Otherwise, uh, it's Frank King at the mentalhealthcomedian.com and Jan McInnes at lady.com. So uh, good. Thanks for being on our show. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Take care. It's good talking to you too. Yeah. Safe yeah. Time. Oh yeah. Always is. I'll see you soon. Alrighty. Bye. Thanks for listening to Over Fifty and F and Funny with comedians Jan McGinnis and Frank King. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. And tell your friends. If you did not enjoy the podcast, we hope you have no friends.